Vladimir Putin is not going to save you from the deep state or the new world order, folks. Unfortunately, he is working slavishly and fiendishly for that agenda. And I know that goes contrary to commonly accepted wisdom among conservatives today, but stay tuned and I'll tell you more. Hey everybody, I'm Alex Newman. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Deep State. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, last week we did an episode about the conflict in Ukraine, got a lot of attention, and also we got some pushback from some conservatives, very well-meaning conservatives, very well-informed conservatives, many whom I consider to be friends. Um, and they said, no, Alex, you don't understand. Putin is going to save us from the new world order. He's just stopping the deep state's bioweapons labs in Ukraine. And, uh, you know, I don't know a lot about the bioweapons labs in Ukraine. Um, wouldn't surprise me if they were there. Uh, after all, the deep state put the current Ukrainian government into power back in 2014 with the CIA Front National Endowment for Democracy, with George Soros, with the State Department, with the U.S. Embassy, uh, overthrowing the government with a color revolution. We'll talk about all that next week, unless something else big comes up. We'll do an episode on Zelensky and the Ukrainian government, because they're not necessarily a whole lot better. Uh, and I do want to start off by pointing out that uh, my heart breaks for the people of Ukraine and the people of Russia. Yes, I said it, the people of Russia. Okay, They are in uh, a similar situation to we, the people here in the United States. They are being ruled by um, deep state minions who do not represent them, who do not care about them, who are more interested in enslaving them and looting them than in uh, governing them in a fair and reasonable manner. And so uh, we're all in the same boat here, folks. And, and for those of you who are looking down on the Ukrainian people or the Russian people, hey, you're next. So watch out. But I, I want to talk specifically about Putin today because there is this pervasive myth among conservatives and even some Christians that Putin is our friend. Putin is actually going to save us. And he is fighting to stop the new world order. Well, folks, it's just not true. Uh, it is true that Putin has in recent years made himself out to be a good Christian. You know, he goes and he does the sign of the cross and he kisses the the um, the you know little Mary statues and things. And uh, he has been speaking out about uh, transgenderism and the insanity of this. He's been uh, speaking out about the LGBT madness that has overtaken the West. He's even talked uh, a little bit about abortion and has put a few minor restrictions uh, in place on abortion, which is a whole lot more than you can say for Zelensky, right? The radical homosexual activist who likes to strut around in high heels and tight leather. Uh, true story. We'll talk about that uh, very soon, uh, not in this episode. Uh, and much of what he says actually makes sense. When I'm talking about Putin, much of the thing, much of what he is saying about the the dangers of the decadent West and the disgusting elites that are pushing this uh, craziness on us, it's it's all true, right? Uh, but of course, the devil disguises himself as an angel of light, and you can't expect to sell a pile of lies without at least mixing in a little bit of truth on top or sprinkling some on top to make it more palatable. Um, and, I, and I think there's a, a situation where Western conservatives are just so desperate for somebody on the international stage to, to say something that we agree with. You know, it's a, we're, we're, we're ruled by so many um, monsters and, and people with diabolical agendas that, oh, it's just so, oh, we so badly want somebody to be on our side. But folks, it's not going to be Putin. OK, uh, now I'm not here to judge Putin's relationship to God. That's not my place. I'm not God. That's between him and his, him and God. You know, whether he's a true Christian or not, that, you know, that that is all within God's purview and God's alone. That's not my place. But I do want to point out a few facts for you. Uh, the communist ideology, so-called, and I use ideology loosely, uh, that murdered more than 100 million people, according to Putin, is, and I'm quoting, very similar to Christianity. Wow, that's really interesting. I wonder what kind of Christianity he's talking about. Um, he actually, uh, he, he said this, uh, this was some years ago. He said, communist ideology is very similar to Christianity. In fact, uh, freedom, equality, brotherhood, justice, everything is laid out in the Holy Scripture. It's all there. Okay, uh, Putin said that in a documentary, a Russian documentary called Valam. 
uh, and they broadcasted that over uh, the Russian TV station Russia One. Uh, he says, uh, the code of the builder of communism. This is sublimation. It's just such a primitive excerpt from the Bible. Nothing new was invented. Now, uh, he did acknowledge that during the years of militant atheism, uh, priests were eradicated, churches were destroyed, um, and you know, Putin didn't mention that he was a senior KGB officer and later the head of the FSB during parts of that time. Uh, but he did say a new religion was being created. And we'll talk a little bit more about this alleged new religion. I also want to look at the Russian Orthodox Church. And again, I don't want to say anything against uh, the Orthodox faith. I've got friends who are Orthodox. Uh, there's beautiful elements of uh, the Orthodox Christian faith. But I want to talk specifically about the leadership of the Russian Orthodox Church. Um, you know, while the Soviet Union was attempting to eradicate Christianity from every inch of territory that it uh, controlled, including the Russian Orthodox Church, by the way, uh, with terror, barbarism, blowing up their cathedrals, torturing priests, uh, mass slaughter of faithful Christians. Remember, Putin served this regime. Uh, they realized that, hey, uh, you know, just like at every time throughout history, the more you persecute the church, the more you persecute Christians, the faster the gospel spreads, the faster the church grows. And so they said, hey, we need a new strategy here, guys. This is obviously not working. And so they said, hey, let's just hijack the Orthodox Church. Let's have it run by communists, and then we won't have a problem. So in uh, 2009, a man by the name of Vladimir Mikhailovich Gundiaev, uh, today he's known as Metropolitan Kirill, was actually chosen to serve as the Patriarch of Moscow and all Russia. That's basically like the Pope, if you will, of the Russian Orthodox Church. It's the highest uh, official within the Russian Orthodox Church. Uh, he took over from another guy called Patriarch Alexei II, who led uh, the uh, Russian Orthodox Church from the 1990. Uh, actually from 1990. And uh, prior to uh, taking over the ROC, he was a longtime agent of the KGB named Drozdov. Uh, in English, he was uh, Blackbird. Uh, all three of the candidates to replace Alexei II, again, KGB agent, uh, were also KGB agents. Imagine that. What do you suppose the odds are? Uh, also, Metropolitan Kirill was also a an agent of the KGB, uh, just like his buddy Vladimir Putin. Uh, now, he wasn't just an informer, right? There, there was millions of informers all throughout Russia. Um, they were not just informers. They were actual agents. And, you know, it's one thing to do something horrible in your life and then publicly repent and say, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did that. I, you know, please forgive me, folks. Um, well, Metropolitan Kirill did not do that. <laughs> he has never apologized for his service to the KGB. Neither, incidentally, has Putin. Now, uh, Kirill's personal wealth has been estimated by the Moscow News uh, back in 2006 to be around $4 billion. Uh, and, and of course, for those of you who don't remember, um, Kirill, even before he became the head of the Russian Orthodox Church, was very, very active in the World Council of Churches, which eventually kind of became like a Soviet front group. And uh, he was a critical player in exporting this Soviet communist brand of Christianity around the world. Now, again, I, I'm not saying anything bad about uh, Christians in Russia. Many of them are devout. They love the Lord. Uh, but uh, these are just facts about the leadership of the Russian Orthodox Church that you need to know. Now, another interesting thing for those who think um, Putin is a defender of Christianity, uh, the Kremlin has been ruthlessly cracking down on all sorts of Christians, all except the Russian Orthodox Church, basically. Uh, Protestants, evangelicals, um, e even things like Jehovah's Witnesses are under attack. In 2016, with Putin's support, uh, they adopted a law that bans Christian evangelism anywhere outside of a church building, right? Uh, that doesn't sound to me like a defender of Christianity. The law also bans house churches. It requires that missionaries get a license and a permit to be able to be missionaries, uh, and all kinds of other draconian restrictions that have been implemented in Russia to oppress the Christians. In fact, the uh, the head of Russia's Baptist 
Council of Churches said that uh, this new religion regime creates the conditions for the repression of all Christians. This is from the letter. Uh, any person who mentions their religious view or reflections out loud or puts them in writing without the relevant documents could be accused of illegal missionary activity. Um, so the, the head of this, um, in an open letter to Putin, uh, he's the Sergei Rykovsky, I guess is how you say it, uh, the head of the uh, Protestant churches of Russia. Uh, he warned that, uh, and I'm quoting here, Soviet history shows us how many people of different faiths have been persecuted for spreading the word of God. This law brings us back to that shameful past. Okay, uh, so that's what's going on in Russia, guys. And, and again, more on Russians' uh, Christianity. Uh, Putin actually compared the dead body of Lenin to saints. Uh, this is what he said, exact quote. Look, Lenin was put in a mausoleum. How is this different from the relics of saints for Orthodox Christians and just for Christians? Okay, that's interesting. Lenin was a mass murderer of Christians. Saints were people of God. Uh, he went on to say that uh, when they say there's no such tradition in Christianity, well, go to Athos and take a look. There are relics of the saints there, and we have holy relics here. So justifying putting the dead body of a mass murdering communist in a mausoleum right in the center of your capital for everybody to see and bow down and worship. It's just like Christians with their saints, right? Come on, what's the big deal? Okay. Uh, the commies in Russia, folks, absolutely loved all this. Um, the uh, vice chairman of the Communist Party of Russia, uh, he's also the deputy chairman of the Duma, the Russian parliament, says, I think these words of the president very effectively and reasonably smooth out the acute angles around the theme of the mausoleum. Talking about this weirdo Lenin mausoleum where they got the dead body of uh, the mass murderer there. Uh, he says, communists and all the leftist patriotic forces in Russia understand that communism is close to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, right. Mm -hmm. If you believe that, uh, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, Christianity and communism are basically opposites. So uh, in 2016, uh, Putin also said that the moral code of the builder of communism, these are like a dozen communist rules for Communist Party members. Uh, these include, by the way, intolerance of the enemies of communism, which, yes, that would be Christians by definition. Right? He said these, Putin said these are wonderful ideas and they resemble the Bible in many ways. Because, yeah, Jesus said, love your enemies. And the 12 uh, moral codes of the communists uh, say, be very intolerant of those who are enemies of communism. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just so similar, right? Wonderful ideas says Mr. Putin. Guys, this is the guy who you think is going to be the defender of Christianity. Um, Putin also incidentally described the collapse of the Soviet Union as the greatest geopolitical catastrophe of the century, and he admitted that he continues to like communist and socialist ideas very, very much. Um, guys, this is a really dangerous thing, okay? Saying that Christianity is like communism is a serious issue. First of all, it, it gives credence to communism because, hey, Christianity is awesome. So if communism is like Christianity, communism must be awesome. Uh, or, you know, depending on where you're coming from, it discredits Christianity. He said, well, communism is evil. It's barbaric. It's horrific. It, it rebukes uh, all of the, the laws that make sense, private property, the family, marriage, uh, civilization. Um, if Christianity is like communism, I don't want anything to do with that. That's an abomination, right? And so this is very dangerous, folks. These are not idle words. Putin just didn't just wake up one day and just blurt out the first First thing that came out of his mouth. This was highly orchestrated. This was well thought out, guys. And again, Christianity is essentially the opposite of communism. God said, thou shalt not steal. Communists say we have to steal everything from everyone so that the state can own the means of production and then we'll redistribute it as we see fit. God ordained marriage. God ordained family. Communists work to destroy family and marriage. God ordained nations. Communists work to destroy nations. God said, don't murder people. Communists use murder as one of their primary tools. Christ 
says to love your enemies. Communists murder their enemies and torture their enemies and torture their families. Okay, um, they even eat their own. Right? It's, it's not just love your enemies. It, it, the communists even kill and murder each other. Leon Trotsky ended up with an ice pick in the side of his head. Joseph Stalin, the overwhelming majority of his top people, were murdered by Stalin during his purges. Only a handful of them died a natural death, guys. So uh, this is what we're dealing with. And finally, Marx was literally a Satanist, okay? Uh, and I don't say that lightly. If you read his writings, his poetry, this is a guy, he wasn't an atheist. He was a guy, read his poetry. He made deals with the devil. He hated God, and that is what we know about him. All right, folks, and if you don't believe me that Marx was a Satanist, you need to go get a copy of Marx and Satan by Richard Vermbranch. Um, phenomenal book going through some of the evidence that not just Marx, but a lot of the leading communists around the world, they weren't atheists. They hated God. They wanted to destroy everything good. And so they uh, they made a pact with the devil. And I absolutely mean that. Right. When I say the commander in chief of the enemy forces is Satan. I am totally not kidding. Anyways, uh, the Bible also says that you should look at the fruit. And so what is the fruit of communism? Well, it's death, murder, destruction, starvation, gulags, torture, shortages. Uh, does that sound like something good? Does that sound something like uh, Christianity? Sorry, folks. No, it doesn't. Um, and I, I want to look a little bit at the fruit of Putin, too. And some of his history, other than his uh, religious pronouncements and things. Now, uh, for those who don't realize, Putin was a very high-ranking official with the murderous KGB, one of the most ruthless mass murdering organizations who have ever existed on this planet. Uh, then he actually went on to run the FSB, which was just the rebranded KGB. Uh, he appointed more KGB FSB agents to top positions in the Russian government than at any time, either in Soviet or Russian Federation history. Uh, according to the uh, BBC, more than four out of five of Putin's political appointees and administrators were coming from the security and intelligence agencies. So, folks, Putin is a creature of the KGB, uh, and the KGB is one of the most monstrous, barbaric, diabolical organizations to have ever existed in human history. And I don't say that lightly, because there have been a lot of evil organizations. But if you know anything about the history of the KGB, you know, we are talking about absolute evil, just straight from the pit of hell. It's astounding the amount of evil that comes out of there. Now, Putin has also been known for false flag attacks, blowing things up and blaming uh, people in certain uh, uh, republics within Russia. Right. Uh, he's also known for training terrorists and he's known for killing people who expose his tactics. Right. Everybody knows about the 2006 uh, murder by poison of uh, FSB defector Alexander Litvinenko. He was in Britain and he was poisoned, of course, by Putin. Everybody knew it. Uh, in fact, uh, it was almost like Putin wanted you to know that it was him. And so what was Litvinenko's big crime other than uh, defecting from the KGB? Well, he exposed the fact that Putin's regime had been training Islamic terrorists, Islamist terrorists, uh, people like Al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zawahiri, who was described as the mastermind of 9-11 by U.S. officials. Uh, he was actually trained by the FSB, yes, Putin's FSB, in the late 1990s. Okay, uh, And he is one of many uh, so-called Islamic terrorists that have been deployed all over the world. Uh, Zwahiri, of course, was deployed to Afghanistan, where he became second in command to Mr. Osama bin Laden. Uh, Putin also has uh, a thing for murdering and imprisoning journalists. Uh, according to the Committee to Protect Journalists, he is one of the worst predators against journalists on the face of the planet. And, uh, you know, people say, well, at least he opposes the murder of babies. 
Well, wouldn't that be nice if that were true? But it's not. Um, you know, he's he's had some rhetoric about you shouldn't murder your babies. They've even tightened some regulations on murdering babies. But it's still legal to murder babies in Russia. And despite Putin's alleged concern for the murder of babies, which, uh, you know, my friend Bill Jasper, who's exposed a lot of this in the pages of the New American, uh, has more to do with practical realities. They need more Russians for the, the war machine and so on than, uh, you know, any moral opposition to the murder of babies. Uh, but Russia has the highest abortion rate of any nation in the world. Well, at least they moved to a free market economy. No, no, no. They did not move to any kind of free market economy, folks. They've got state capitalism. It's very uh, communist Chinese style capitalism, right? Where the state runs everything, but they have, you know, stock exchanges and prices and stuff, but all the big companies are owned by the state, or at least the state has a, a majority stake. Uh, and this is true of all the significant companies. Gazprom, right? The the uh, energy giant that, uh, thanks to the green energy policies of Biden and Obama and the silly Europeans, now has everybody by the throat, right? Uh, yeah, Gazprom is a state company, folks. So just let that sink in, okay? This is not a free market utopia that criminalizes the murder of babies, right? Just because they, they Putin said a couple of good things does not mean that we need to glom onto him as some sort of savior of Christianity, right? The Bible says, put not your trust in princes. That especially applies to people like Putin. Uh, and if you look, at, still to this day, Putin marches his military around in Red Square and they fly the Soviet symbols and they sing the Soviet national anthem and they've got big pictures of Lenin and Stalin and all this kind of, you know, the Red Star. I mean, yeah, you look, look at these military parades. Um, now, uh, you know, Putin is also very closely associated with numerous leading globalists, globalist organizations, globalist officials, and so on. Um, and in fact, he's been very closely connected with the top globalists in the Western world, like Hermann von Rompuy, uh, who was the president of the European Union. He said, hey, it's so great to work with Russia on issues of global governance, right? Uh, we talked about this a little bit in our episode last week. Putin is steadily uh, moving his region of the world toward a regional government, which will eventually pave the way for a global government. Uh, He's also very close with um, uh, Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. Let's watch this video of Klaus Schwab bragging about how he trained up Putin as a young global leader. Watch this. When I mention our names like Mrs. Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. All right. And he's not the only one, right? The, the head of Putin's central bank is a member of the board of trustees of the World Economic Forum, folks, the great reset maniacs. Yes, those people. Uh, he's also a good friend of Henry Kissinger. And this has been very, very well documented for years. They go to each other's houses. They call each other friends. Putin says uh, Kissinger is his trusted advisor. Uh, if you read Kissinger's book, World Order, where he outlines the globalist plan for a new world order, says the contemporary quest for world order requires us to divide the world up into regional orders like the Eurasian Union, the European Union, the African Union, pick your union, uh, and then merging those all together for a one world order. Putin is following this strategy to the letter. Uh, the goal, folks, the eventual goal is a convergence of the East and West on totalitarian terms as they build this one world government. Merge the East and West, merge the first world and the third world with this uh, ultimate objective of creating a new world order. And we talked about that a little bit in our episode uh, last week. Now, how exactly it's all going to play out uh, is not clear yet. But one thing that is becoming very clear is that this doesn't mean Russia and China are going to look more like the United States and, and Western Europe wants to look free, uh, Republican form of government for, for the most part, uh, the rule of law, things like that, uh, Christianity. Nope. This means that Western Europe, the United States, Canada, etc. 
cetera, what used to be known as Christendom, the West, the free world, uh, is going to look a lot more like China. Uh, we've done whole episodes here about China is going to play the star role in the new world order. That's according to uh, uh, George Soros himself, right? The guy who installed the puppet government of Ukraine with help from the CIA. So folks, what's happening here is becoming more and more clear. And uh, this has been the agenda for a long time. Uh, we've showed you this clip before. This was uh, Norman Dodd. He was the top investigator for Congress um, on their commission to investigate tax-exempt foundations. Uh, he said he was invited in by the head of the Ford Foundation uh, into his office. And uh, listen to what Norman Dodd, again, the chief investigator for this congressional committee, found uh, or, or was told by the head of the Ford Foundation, Alan Geither. Listen. Whereupon he made this statement to me, namely, Mr. Dodd, we here operate on similar, in response to similar directives, the substance of which is that we shall use our grant-making power so to alter life in the United States that it can be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union. All right, so we're going to comfortably merge the Soviet Union with the United States. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, another thing we've talked about before is Anatoly Golichin, the KGB disinformation specialist who defected and came over to the West and exposed what was going on. Right. All the deception, all that they were doing. His conclusion was uh, he made 205 or 206 specific predictions. Almost all of them have come true. The last one was and I'm quoting here. When the right moment comes, the mass will be dropped and the Russians with Chinese help will seek to impose their system on the West on their own terms as the culmination of a second October socialist revolution. Convergence on communist terms. Now, the one piece of the puzzle that Golitsyn was missing was how the deep state in the United States was behind these communists all along. Going clear back to the, the Communist Manifesto, which was sponsored by the League of the Just, Friedrich Engels, the big industrialist. Then you had uh, the Bolshevik Revolution, financed by the Wall Street mega bankers, the deep state of the time. Uh, and this is all documented in the State Department records, corporate records. It's in the book uh, by Stanford historian Anthony Sutton, Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution. Then they put uh, Castro into power. They put Mao into power. Right, uh, Folks, this was not an accident. These people are not stupid. They know exactly what they're doing. But they recognize that drastic change requires confidence. And so they like to have these conflicts. They like to control both sides of the conflicts. And I think that is what is going on here, folks. So we've got, you know, the, the EU block, the Eurasian Union block. Uh, and we see now that these tensions, this conflict, this war is now helping both sides justify their existence of these regional orders, further integrate their militaries, et cetera, et cetera, folks. This is what they're working on. And uh, even back in 2014, when uh, Putin was, uh, you know, making all kinds of saber rattling and, and beating the war drums about invading Ukraine, uh, one of the big uh, disinformation operatives for the West, the head of Deutsche Welle, the head of their um, editorial board, a big German uh, publication, he wrote an op-ed, and uh, he's, it was called, uh, Thank You, Mr. Putin. And this is what he wrote, guys, and it just perfectly encapsulates what's happening here. It says, Your power play does what we couldn't, revive our two key projects. With your annexation of the Crimea, you have thrown a much-needed lifeline to two fundamental Western projects, European integration and the transatlantic partnership. Huh. That's interesting. Now, is Putin just the biggest idiot on the face of the planet that he didn't know doing this was going to supposedly strengthen his nemesis? 
Or is Putin maybe a little smarter than you think? And maybe he is doing exactly what he is supposed to be doing to advance the cause of globalism through war, through integration and so on. Now, uh, Obama, of course, brought Russian troops over here to train on U.S. soil. He brought Chinese troops over here to train on U.S. soil. Folks, this is what they are doing. It's what they have been doing. It's what they're going to continue doing. Um, you know, the, the FEMA, U.S. Uh, Agency for uh, Federal Emergency Management, got together with the emergencies ministries in, in uh, Russia, the Emercom, and they, they signed this big, broad cooperation deal to fight terrorism and science and rule of law, environment, health, blah, blah, blah. And uh, by 2014, the Obama administration was working on a treaty with them to share private financial data on citizens with this alleged horrible Putin, right? Uh, so this is what they're doing, guys. At, at, at the highest levels, Putin is openly collaborating with the agents of the elite, whether that be the World Economic Forum, whether that be Goldman Sachs. They actually hired Goldman Sachs to bring in Western capital into Russia, right? Uh, CEO of Goldman Sachs, Lloyd Blankfein, was actually on Russian Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev's advisory committee. Uh, folks, this is all well documented. Okay? We're not making this stuff up. All you got to do is go back in the memory hole and find it. Um, in, in 2012, Putin met with uh, Henry Kissinger in Moscow, and uh, Putin's uh, spokesman described him as uh, his old friend, right? Uh, the spokesman, Dmitry Peskov, he said that uh, these two regularly meet for dinner at each other's homes. And, uh, Putin values everyone's point of view, and especially such a wise man as Henry Kissinger. Okay, this was told to the New York Times, folks. You don't have to go into the smoky rooms to find this information. I uh, said he wanted uh, Putin wanted Kissinger's counsel on a broad range of subjects. Uh, of course, Putin's foreign ministry actually gave Henry Kissinger, while he was in Moscow, an honorary doctorate degree in diplomacy. Uh, this is what the foreign minister said. You have not simply been doing a diplomatic service or similar activities. You've been a global politician for almost your whole life. That's from Putin himself. You have many friends in Russia, both among our foreign policy veterans and among our people as well, who always pay great attention to your views on how the global political situation will develop. So giving you an honorary doctorate by the Russian Diplomatic Academy makes perfect sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense if you're sneaking around trying to build a one world order and crush the United States of America and everything that it stands for. Folks, Putin is not your friend. Putin is not going to save Christianity. Putin is not going to stop the new world order. He's not even going to stop the LGBT agenda or abortions, folks. Not even close. Don't worry. I didn't forget about Zelensky. We'll deal with him hopefully next week. Stay tuned. I'm your host, Alex Newman. Thank you for watching Behind the Deep State. Please share this out. Tell others. And... Um, Thanks again for watching. Till next time, God bless you all. If you enjoyed this video, please make sure to subscribe, hit like, hit that little bell so that you'll be notified whenever we post new videos. And also, please make sure to share this video with your friends. Email is a great way to do it. Remember, there are powerful forces working to steal our freedom and destroy our country. We need to work together, expose those behind the deep state. Otherwise, you can kiss your liberties goodbye.